mountains are still being moved. Hello, and welcome to Raising the Standard with Pastor Owen Moody of the Richmond House of Prayer in Richmond, Kentucky. You're invited to join us each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for an anointed full-length message from Pastor Moody. After the message, we'll be back to let you know how you can contact us. On this broadcast, Pastor Moody brings us a message entitled, Doing Something Worthwhile. His scripture text to be taken from the book of Acts, chapter 8, verses 26 and 27. Here now, Pastor Moody. I want to preach for a few minutes tonight, and, and uh, I've titled the message tonight, Doing Something Worthwhile. If I were to subtitle it, I guess I would subtitle it, Finding Purpose, or Finding Especially God's Purpose for your life. And uh, I really believe that uh, purpose can be defined literally as the reason we exist or what drives us to do what we do. A life without purpose is just an aimless wandering. And God has made it possible in his word for us to know exactly what he wants us to do, when he wants us to do it, and where he's going with our life. I want to talk to you tonight a little bit about uh, a man by the name of Philip. Philip was an evangelist. He was one of the seven that was chosen to be one of the first deacons in the church in, in Jerusalem in the book of Acts. And then he later was called and became one of the great evangelists of the Bible. And God did great things with Philip's life. And, and I want to just kind of fast forward now into a time when Philip, the scripture said he was down in Samaria and he'd had a citywide revival. And the Bible said that all the people there gave heed to the things he said with one heart and came to Christ. Peter and John had came down, the Apostle Peter, the Apostle John, and was laying hands on people. They were being filled with the Holy Ghost. But in Acts chapter 8, verse number 26, it said, Then, and the angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise, I want you to leave Samaria, and go down toward the south unto the way which goes down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. Amen. I want you to leave where you are, this great crusade, and go out into the desert. And the Bible said, of course, the Holy Spirit spoke to him. He arose and went. And behold, there's another man coming, a man from Ethiopia, who's a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all of her treasury. And the Bible said he had come to Jerusalem to worship. He's returning, and now he meets Philip. Father, I just pray that you would speak into our lives today and help us, God, just preach this word that you've laid on our heart. Let somebody tonight realize that there's more to life than what they're doing. There's a purpose that you have for them, God, that can set them on the path of righteousness and holiness and on their way to heaven. And not only that, but... God, those of us that are going to heaven, that we can know our purpose on the journey. One man said that the journey is as important as the destination. It's going to be wonderful when we get to heaven, but it'll be a little embarrassing if we get there empty-handed. So we pray, God, that you help us to know our purpose, dear God, and do something worthwhile on our journey. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. I really believe there must 
be a God-directed purpose in the life of every believer and of every person. Today, I think many people today are caught up in things of the world and caught up in things that are detrimental to their well-being because they've never found their purpose, what God planned for them. I can remember back, amen, as a young man, being uh, as a boy of 12 years old, God had touched my life and I knew that the Lord had called me to preach. But I walked away from God and for many years I ambled aimlessly out there in that world, trying to do my thing, trying to do what I wanted, trying to achieve things I had had uh, at the time before God uh, came back into my life. I had a good job. I'd bought a new home. I was driving a new car. I was married. I had two wonderful children. Seemed like things was going my way. Everybody thought I was doing all right. But I was out there lost without any real direction or real purpose. And then one night Jesus came, thank God, and turned my life around. When we understand that God, amen, has a reason for us to exist, amen, there's, a, there's something that needs to drive us to what we do and what we do for the Lord in this life that we're living. I thought like this, to fail to have God's direction and leadership in our lives is to be a failure spiritually. There's a lot of people who may be success, you know, successful financially and achieve greatness. There, I heard this week of a man, I won't call his name, who's, a, who's a over, many times over a billionaire, whose name is a household word, who has accomplished many, many things and greatness. And I heard this week that he and his wife were getting a divorce. Their world was falling apart, and, and they said they no longer felt like they could, could walk together into the next part of their lives. And I don't believe that's the will of God for married couples. I'll say that. I really believe that the Bible said for this cause, a man leaves his mother and father, cleaves to his wife. They become one flesh. And when we take those vows, we, most of us said, till death do us part. And yet the enemy has a way of getting us sidetracked and off of the, uh, the path that God has for us and out of the will of God. There was a man one time that was dying and on his deathbed, the preacher was talking to him and asking him if he was ready to go. And here's what he said, and the preacher wrote it down, and I've heard this quote many years ago. The man said, I'm not afraid to die, preacher, but I am ashamed to die. He said, I feel like I haven't won anyone to Christ or done anything of any eternal significance. He said, I'm saved, but I'm going empty-handed. Isn't that something to think about? You know, I thought you can, you can be saved and, and live good enough to make it. I remember early on in my Christian life in church that uh, people would stand up and testify, and they, when they got done testifying, they'd say, pray for me, I want to make it. And I really believe I'm going to make it, <laughs> but I want to do more than that. I feel like God has called me to do something worthwhile with my life. Amen, and I think he's called you to do something worthwhile with your life. I'd like for you, if you would, just to maybe stop for a moment tonight and take an inventory and do an evaluation of your life and what, you, what you're doing for Christ. You see, somebody point, uh, penned these words, there's only one life to live and soon it's past. Soon it's past. And it's only what we've done for Christ that really lasts. Amen. You can live good enough to make it, but I wonder if we're doing enough to be rewarded. 
Adrian Rogers, the great Baptist preacher who was the chairman of the Southern Baptist Convention, I believe has gone on to be with the Lord now. And he said this, he said, if we aren't trying to bring people to Christ, he said, we're not right with God. <laughs> Think about that. God wants us to be like Jesus. There's a song out now that says to be a little more like Jesus and a little less like me. To do this, we have to get our eyes off of ourselves. We have to do what Jesus said and lift up our eyes and look onto the fields. They're white, ready to harvest. Can I challenge you that, that are watching me tonight or that hear this whenever you hear it and wherever you may be around the world to, to should find a purpose in your life, amen, of trying to be a soul winner, of trying to be a witness for Christ, to share the goodness of God's love. If you're truly saved, amen, you've got something to share with other people, amen. Uh, uh, we, uh, when we lift up our eyes and look on the fields, those around us, Amen. They're all around us that are lost. Not only do we have, to, or do we uh, every day are we confronted with lost people, but can I tell you, we're confronted with hurting people. We're confronted with people who are in bondage. We're confronted with people every day. We 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 uh, every day, no doubt, come across the paths of people who are bound in chains of discouragement and depression. And they don't know which way to, to, to look or which way to turn. And these people are really looking for help. And you might say, well, what can I do? Well, here was a man by the name of Philip who was doing no doubt what he thought God had him to do, was having a citywide crusade. He was building a ministry. He, uh, amen. Peter and John were involved and people were being saved, a whole city and people being filled with the Holy Ghost. But all of a sudden, the direction of the Spirit by the Holy Spirit changes what he's doing. And, you know, I thought about this. That, that'd, be a, that'd be a hard sell for me for, for, uh, to be convinced that I was having a citywide crusade and that God wanted me to leave and go down to the desert and to find one man. This man, though, was a powerful man. He was an influential man. He was, uh, he was the, the, the treasurer for the, for, the, for the queen of Ethiopia. And uh, Josephus records that after this man's encounter with God, that he went back to Ethiopia and a great revival ensued, amen, because of his encounter there in the desert that day. But what I want you to see is that, the, that Philip was directed by the Holy Spirit. That God sent an angel to Philip and said, Arise and go toward the south down to the way that goes from Jerusalem to Gaza. And he said, It's a desert place. And so he went down to that place. Listen, God is able to let you know what he has in mind. The psalmist said in Psalms 103 verse 7, it said he made known his ways to Moses. Israel, the children of Israel, it said, saw his acts. They saw what he did, but Moses understood his ways or his motivation. Can I say it this way? Moses knew God's purpose for what was going on. And so all of a sudden, he, he, he made known his, his ways to Moses and, and uh, the ways in which he himself walks and the steps and methods which he has taken to show his glory. And, and uh, he, he told Moses, I've heard the cry of my people. Amen. And, and so he went down and God used him. Listen, God's ways are often uh, unexplained to us. God's ways are often unforeseen, but then all of a sudden the Spirit of the Lord can make it known to you and reveal to you what God is doing. It's necessary that we be willing to be used of God 
Amen. We need if if we're it's necessary that we that we're willing to be used of God, and we need to learn how the Spirit of God operates. God's Spirit. Listen. Notice what God did. He sends Philip down. Amen. He finds a man willing to go, but then all of a sudden, also in verse twenty-seven, it says that there's he sent this Ethiopian. Can I tell you that if God deals with you about going to talk to somebody, you may know that he's talking to them as well. Hallelujah. I've, I've had people say to me, well, I don't know if I can really be a witness. I'm bashful. You get over that. When the Spirit of God guides you and touches you and, and sends you to talk to somebody and you get there and you realize, hey, they're, they're ready. God's prepared them to hear what I have to say. The Bible said one man plants Another man waters, but God gives an increase. Amen. In Acts chapter 10, the Bible said in verse number one that there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, and he was a Roman. He was a, a centurion of the band called the Italian band. Amen. He was a powerful man, a devout man, and, uh, and he feared God with all of his house and gave alms uh, to the people and prayed always to God. Listen, this is a Roman man. And he, he, he sees in a vision, evidently, about the ninth hour of the day, about three o'clock in the afternoon, uh, an angel of God coming in to him and, and calling him by name and saying, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And, and he said unto him, Your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. You've been praying. God's heard you. And then at the same time, Peter was in the house of Simon the Tanner. And so he says to him, go down and, and send men down there and have him come back. He'll tell you what you need to do. Of course, I'm, a, I'm not going to read all the scripture, but I am going to tell you that when Peter came and he went in and, 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 and the centurion had all of his hundred soldiers and all of his family and everybody all gathered and Peter started preaching to him and telling him about Jesus. And the Bible said while he was preaching, amen, the Holy Spirit fell on them like it did in the upper room and, and all of a sudden they, got, they were saved and filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues. And he went back and reported at Jerusalem what a powerful thing God had done. You ought to be shouting right now because that was the moment that the door opened to the Gentiles all because, amen, uh, Cornelius was sensitive to the Spirit of God and so was Peter and God's purpose, amen, was greater than either one of them could have imagined. Amen. Let me go on. I want to tell you that we not only see that, that there was a direction of the Spirit, but they understood the demands of the Spirit. Can I tell you something today that, that living for God is just not something you do when you want to or you do when you feel like it? That's what's wrong with much of the church world today. We, we don't put any demands on people about living for God. Amen. And it's not that I put demands on people. It's what God, he put demands on my life and he does it. What, what are you talking about, preacher? Let me explain. Look at verse number 29 and 30. It said, the spirit of the Lord said to Philip, Go near and join yourself to this chariot. In other words, you can't just, I didn't just bring you out here in the desert just to amble around. You go over and go to that. You have to understand this was a chariot of a, of a, of a man that was a treasurer to a queen and no doubt accompanied by an armed guard. And Philip, the Bible said, ran to him and heard him read from the prophet Isaiah. And he said, do you understand what you're reading? 
So see, God puts a demand on Philip. He's put a demand on the Ethiopian. And here this guy is, he's reading Isaiah 53. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him with our stripes were healed. And he asked Peter, he said, who's he talking about, himself or somebody else? And so while he invites Peter to, uh, or Philip, I'm sorry, I keep saying Peter, Philip to step up into uh, into the chariot with him. And he starts telling him about Jesus. And then all of a sudden, there's a hole of water in the desert. That's a miracle. And they stop the chariot and he's baptized. And, and uh, amen. And, and God just does, amen. He puts demands on us sometimes. Listen, uh, Philip ran. He was swift to respond, the scripture said. If we're not swift to do the Spirit's biddings, we can miss short-term opportunities. Amen. So, uh, a dear friend of mine, Sylvester Dunn, he, he, may, he may be watching tonight, but uh, he said this to me one time. I've never forgotten it. He said, oh, and the, the opportunities of a lifetime have to be seized upon during the lifetime of the opportunity. Sometimes we wait till it's too late and it's over with, amen. I remember when I was first saved and I went into insurance office. That was long before the days of all this internet access and all this stuff. And I went into my auto insurance office to pay for my car insurance. I had, I had just gotten saved, just gotten filled with the Spirit. And there was a young woman working there behind the counter. And when I walked through the door, I felt impressed that I should witness to her. And I was nervous about it. I, was, I just got saved. And, and I just kind of paid my, my bill and kind of hem-hawed around. And I wanted to say something. And, and, and I walked out and I didn't do it. Amen. And, and it just wore me out. And so the next day I said, I'm going back. Listen, you have to, you have to do it while the strike while the iron's hot. And, and so the next day I did, I went back. When I went in, she wasn't there. And there was somebody else working there. And I asked her, they said, oh, she was just here filling in for one day. Said, is there something that I can do for you? And I said, well, I was supposed to talk to her for a moment and I didn't do it. They said, what do you mean? I said, well, I've just got saved and I wanted to tell her about Jesus. And they looked at me like, thought I was crazy, you know, I guess. And, and the woman said, well, I'm a Christian and she's not here. And, and I walked out there feeling really defeated and I learned a lesson. Are you hearing me? Philip ran. Listen, uh, in 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse 29, amen, the, the scripture tells the story there about the, the Shunammite woman who uh, had prepared a room for Elisha on the side of her house, her and her husband, he would come and stay there. And then, and her husband was old and they had no children. And, and, and Elisha prophesied and she had a son and he grew up and he went out in the field one day and he had a heat stroke. I'm going, I know I'm going fast because I'm running out of time. And, and uh, they, they carried him back to his mother and, 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 and he died. And so she carried him up into the room where the prophet would stay when he would come by and laid him on the prophet's bed and she got on a, uh, a transportation and drove fast to where he was. And when he got there, amen, uh, he, he tell, Elisha tells uh, Gehazi, his servant, this is the, the verse, he said, gird up your loins and take my staff in your hand and go your way. And if you meet a man, salute him not. If any man salutes you, don't answer him again, but run and lay my staff upon the face of this child. This, this boy's been dead for hours by now. And so Gehazi runs and, and does what Elisha says and he lays the, the staff on his face, but he doesn't revive. But all the while, Elisha's running. He's coming, and the woman's coming. And he goes in and goes into the chamber and, and lays himself up on the boy, and the boy raises back to life. But what I want you to understand is that he put urgency in the matter. He told Gehazi, he said, run. Don't, don't even stop to say hello to anybody. We need to have that kind of purpose in our lives today and that kind of urgency. Amen.
Jesus said in Matthew 28 and 7, said, go quickly. The angel said, tell his disciples that he's risen from the dead. That was at the empty tomb. And we've just celebrated Easter. But notice what the angel said to, to, the, to Mary and to the women. Uh, amen. Go quickly and tell his disciples that he's risen from the dead and he's going before you into Galilee. And there you shall see him as I have told you. You and I need to come to a place where we understand that the demands of the Spirit often on us are urgent, that we need to do. Listen, folks, the Bible said you save some making a difference and others like pulling them out of the fire. Amen. And uh, uh, so Philip moved quickly. He didn't offer any excuses. He realized this was God's purpose. And so we see the direction of the Spirit. We see, amen, the, 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 the motivation of the Spirit, how the, the demands of the Spirit are. But I want you to see the desire of what God was doing in this, in the Holy Spirit. The Bible said that Philip uh, opened his mouth and began at the same Scripture and preached unto this eunuch Jesus. Amen. And as they went on their way, they came to that certain, that hole of water I was telling you about. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What does hinder me to be baptized? Amen. And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Folk, listen, that's what God's wanting us to let the world understand today. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. They went down in the water, both of them, and Philip and the eunuch, and Philip baptized him. Amen. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord called away Philip, and the eunuch saw him no more, but he went on his way rejoicing. Listen, the desire of the Spirit is that we share Christ. In Acts 1 and 8, amen, the Bible said that you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me. Amen. In verse number 6, Isaiah 53 and 6, it said, all we like sheep have gone astray. We need to let, Philip shared with, with that eunuch, you need Jesus. You're lost. You need, you need Jesus. And, and verse 6 said, all we like sheep have gone astray, amen, and turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of his all. He told him, amen, of salvation by faith. In verse number 37, he, he made him understand, amen, if you believe with all of your heart, you can be saved, amen. John 20 and 31 said, uh, uh, John said, uh, these things are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing that you might have faith in his name. Amen, through his name. Do you, do you understand, remember John three sixteen? for God so loved the world that whosoever believes on him should not perish but have everlasting life. How are they gonna know, folks, if we don't tell them today? We need to be doing something worthwhile with our time, amen. We need to be letting people know that Jesus Christ is the answer, amen. Hallelujah. Uh, amen, he, he baptized him, amen, and he demonstrated faith in Christ and Listen, he died to the old sinful nature. He was buried in that watery grave and rose again. It's important that we bring people to a, not just a knowledge of Christ, but to a conversion where they're truly born again. Amen. Where they know exactly what God's purpose for their life is. Amen. It's also important that we get people to church. It is important that we get people to, you know, into the house of God, into the worship, into the Sunday school, into the baptismal pool. Amen. There's a, there's a lifetime of influence, amen, in people's lives that's, that's caught them away from the purpose of God that needs to be erased. 
When people are baptized, Romans 6 and 4 said, therefore we're buried with him by baptism into death. And that like that, uh, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in the newness of life. Now, the scripture said when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught away Philip. And he went to Azotos. He went to another place, amen. And the eunuch saw him no more, but he went on his way rejoicing, amen. But Philip was found at Azotus and passing through, uh, he preached in all the cities till he came back to Caesarea. In other words, Philip realized that this is the purpose that God has for my life. Amen, a great citywide revival at Samaria. Then all of a sudden he's down in the desert and he finds this eunuch, amen, and, and he wins him to Christ and he baptizes him. And then the eunuch goes on back to Ethiopia. And as I said, according to, to Josephus, the historian, great revival erupts there. And now then Philip just keeps going and he keeps preaching in all of these cities. And you know, this is not a day when people just, you know, need to get saved. And, and uh, you know, uh, I just like I said a while ago, just have that mentality. Well, I just need to know what I do, they need to do to make it. And we're going to make it, amen, because you're saved by grace through faith, that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But we're created his workmanship in Christ Jesus unto good works. God has ordained that we should walk in the works that he's called us to. Can I say it like this? Do something worthwhile. You're not saved by what you do. Hear me but you'll be rewarded for what you do when you get to heaven. And I don't know about you, but I, I, when I get to heaven, I'd love to think maybe that one day I could stand before God and have won so many to Christ that there'll be a, a, a mob of thousands that'll come, amen, because I had an influence in their life. I hope today that you'll understand that our world's in trouble, our city's in trouble, our community's in trouble. Listen, your family's in trouble. You may be in trouble. And I've come tonight to try to tell you about a Jesus who loves you, who wants to save you, and wants your life to count for something. To do something worthwhile, to find God's purpose in your life, means everything. And said I- hope you enjoyed today's message and will tune in again next time. Raising the Standard is the media ministry of the Richmond House of Prayer in Richmond, Kentucky. For more information on the various outreaches and ministries of the Richmond House of Prayer, please visit our website at www.rhop.life. Thanks for listening.